Well, good morning, everyone. Christmas Eve morning. Just a little, little strange. <laughs> but good morning. Thank you. <laughs> we got one with me this morning. Maybe I'll get a few others before we're done. So welcome to all of you and welcome those who are online. Also excited for those who are meeting our other service over in the hub. And I hope that you've all been able this morning so far just to take a little bit of a deep breath and relax a little bit. Step out of the rush that's been out there, all the good tidings of great joy to all people that you experience out in the shopping center, the mall. <laughs> Not quite. No rush. We have plenty of time. At least I thought we had plenty of time until I got the service order for today. And when it comes up to my place where it says sermon, a little note's been left to me. Proverbs 17, 27. A truly wise person uses few words. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Funny. Tacky, but funny. And I do hope that dear friend will be blessed in the next place of ministry that the Lord sends our first. Oh, it's great. Several years ago, I was at a Bible conference and pastor related an amazing experience that a businessman in this church had take place on an occasion when he was flying back from an overseas trip, landing in JFK Airport in New York City. He was getting off the plane and reached up into the bin where the overhead compartment got some things down, but when he did so, he felt another object up there. And it was a large paper bag. Well, the businessman took it down, and he reached in the bag and pulled out huge rolls of $100 bills. So he reached in there again. <laughs> More $100 bills. And the businessman said, you know, just for a moment, uh, he, he was tempted, but he thought, no, that's not the right thing. So he notified the airline authorities. They notified people in the airport. They came and collected the money. Of course, the money, no doubt, was... Uh, connected to drugs. The man got in a cab to take him into Manhattan. And he said when he got in the cab, the devil got in with him. And he could just hear the man say, 
the devil saying, rather, you are a fool. You know that was drug money. You, you could have used that money. And without thinking, the businessman out loud in the back of the cab said, cab said he's right, Lord. <laughs> and the cab driver looked at him in the rearview mirror. Kind of kept his eye on him while he was driving into Manhattan. But the devil didn't let up. He said, you are so foolish. Do you think that you couldn't have used that money for a good cause? You needed that money. But then it was like the Holy Spirit helped that businessman to recognize the treasures he already had. And he thought about the salvation he had in Christ. He thought about the family that God had given him, all the blessings. And so out loud in the back of the cab, he said, look what I've got. <laughs> and it almost scared the cab driver. He almost wrecked. He thought he had a gun or something. <laughs> he said, buddy, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm talking to the devil. <laughs> That made the cab driver feel all better. <laughs> well, if you've been with us here a few weeks at West Park, we've been looking at one passage of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 9. I'll ask you to turn there if you have your Bibles. It'll be on the screen as well. We've actually been looking primarily at one verse of Scripture. And we're going to conclude the Advent season here this morning by looking there again. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Now we know it's Christmas Eve morning, but no doubt some here may be feeling just a little tired. <laughs> maybe depressed. Some feeling loneliness at the absence, perhaps, of dear loved ones. Others, maybe here, struggling with disillusionment. And it seems like perhaps Christmas has been lost in the midst of all the merchandising, materialistic madness which fills our culture at this time of year. But I'm praying that in the next few moments, <laughs> you'll be able to say to the world, you'll be able to say to the devil, and maybe most importantly, be able to say to yourself, look what I've got. <laughs> look what I've got. God's answer to every need and every question is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's look at God's great answer promised in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. But unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government 
shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. My friend, when you look at those titles of Jesus and what they mean, they tell us one thing. He is all we need. Think about it. We need wisdom for life. He's the wonderful counselor. We need strength for our days. He's the mighty God. We need companionship. He's the everlasting Father. We need comfort in our sorrows and darkness. And who is Jesus? He is the Prince of Peace. He's our Prince of Peace. If you trust Him as your Savior, He is your Prince of Peace. My friends, in these dark days, we need to know, we need to know that He is our Prince. And in these dark days, we need to know by experience that He is our Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. I want us to think about that this morning, that He is the Prince of Peace, past, present, future. He is the eternal Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace, the past, the present, and the future. Now think about this. Jesus as the Prince of Peace during his life and ministry, he expressed peace. If you read the gospel accounts of the life of Jesus, one thing will grip you very quickly is recognizing how Jesus was a man at peace. He was at peace. Everything about his life expressed shalom. That's the word for peace here, I think many of you know in Hebrew. He is shalom. The ancient Jewish rabbis used to say the name of Messiah is shalom, peace. And Jesus, in his life and ministry, expressed that shalom. Well, think about it. At his birth, did he come as kings are usually welcome? Was he treated with all the pomp, the ceremony that usually comes with the birth of a prince? No, the, the whole scene is peaceful. We even capture that in some of our Christmas carols, don't we? We talk about the silent night, holy night. We talk about and sing about, O little town of Bethlehem, how still 
we see the lie. His birth expressed peace. Without, what did the angel say on the night of his birth? Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. During his life, he lived a life of peace. 30 years, the Messiah lived in a little town less than 300 inhabitants, raised as a carpenter's son, became a carpenter himself. His life was a life of the rhythm of peace. Think of his ministry, those three years, following his baptism. Everything about his ministry expressed peace. In the midst of the storm, where was Jesus? Taking a nap (laughs) in the stern of the boat. He was calm before the multitudes that were surging around him. Jesus was serene when he was accosted by demon-possessed people. He was at peace. And even before the mob in Jerusalem, they came to arrest him. Peter, his disciple, wanted to go to war with that sword. But Jesus, in that moment, was the Prince of Peace. That night when he stood before Herod, when he stood before Caiaphas, when he stood before Pilate, he was at peace. And even to the cross, he was the prince of peace. As they nailed him to the tree, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What did he say to the thief who moments before was cursing at him? Laughing at him. But in a miraculous work of God's enlightenment, he recognized that Jesus was a king. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did Jesus say to his enemy on that cross? A person who had wasted his entire life. Who had not one thing he could offer to Jesus. What did Jesus say to him? Today, you will be with me in paradise. His final words. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And having said that, the Bible says he gave up his spirit. He's the prince of peace, isn't he? All through his life, his birth, his ministry, even to his death, he expressed peace. But I want you now to notice something else. 
as the Prince of Peace, Jesus not only expressed peace those centuries ago, let's come forward to today. Because we want to remind ourselves on this Christmas morning, the Prince of Peace is alive. (laughs) He's alive and well. He lives. And today, the Prince of Peace extends peace. He extends peace. He extends peace with people who have no peace. He gives peace with God. Only Jesus can provide peace with God. Isn't it interesting? He's called the Prince of Peace. If someone comes who makes peace, what does that tell us about the previous situation? Peacefulness? Neutrality? No. War and rebellion. And my friend, that is where every one of us in this room, everyone who hears this, sees this, all men and women everywhere, apart from the saving grace of God, we are not at peace with God. We are at war with God. We live life our way. Going astray from God. We are the ultimate rebels without a cause. (laughs) To rebel against such a gracious master. But we do. And in our rebellion, we really are without peace. Oh, I know that we're lulled to sleep like the the narcotic of the age in which we live. I'm okay. You're okay. Everything's all right. It'll all work out. We've got this. The Bible says something a little bit different. The Bible says people will talk about peace, peace, when there is no peace. The Bible says in Psalm 48:22 there is no peace for the wicked there's no peace for the wicked what is the first glimmer that god is at work in someone's heart bringing them to salvation it is an understanding things aren't right with god Me and God aren't okay. We're not right. I'm not right with Him. Our relationship's not right. And I want it to be made right. My friend, if that is in your heart in any way today, I want you to thank God and I want you to know you're not far from the kingdom of God. Because that's the work of the Lord. He helps us to see that when we live life for ourselves and we live for our own satisfaction and we don't live for the one who loved us and created us, 
We are then living as rebels. How can we have peace? How can we have peace? What are the terms of peace? He's the prince of peace. So how do we have peace? How do we find peace? Well, Jesus shares with us very clearly in his word that there are two requirements for peace. Two requirements for peace. The first requirement is this. There must be a peacemaker. If we and God are not right in our relationship, and we're not because he's holy and we're unholy. He is sinless. We're sinners. He is the judge of all people and we stand in judgment. Something's got to be done. We need a peacemaker Someone qualified who can stand between us and God and bring us together. Reconcile us. And my friend, there's only one who can do that. The one who is God and man at the same time. The God-man, Jesus Christ. There's only one mediator between God and men. That's the man, Christ Jesus. And he came for that purpose to bring peace, to make peace. He is the peacemaker. The Bible says that's what he was doing on the cross. Do you understand what was happening on that cross? Jesus wasn't dying as a martyr to a cause. Jesus wasn't dying as a teacher loyal to his principles. Yes, he was dying as a result of terrible injustice, But there was something bigger going on. The Bible says this in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. The apostle Paul says, Jesus made peace. He made peace by the blood of his cross. He made peace as he accepted the penalty of our sins. He made peace. Prince of Peace established a peace treaty between sinners and God. And it's a peace treaty written in his own blood. Peace with God requires a peacemaker. And my friend, that's the reason the angels sang peace on earth. Because the peacemaker had come. What else is required for peace? There's got to be a peacemaker. That's Jesus. But then there's something else that's required if there's going to be peace. It requires a perfect peacemaker who is Jesus Christ, the sinless son of God, a sacrifice to God, a substitute for sinners. But it also requires Unconditional surrender. Peace only comes when there's unconditional surrender. 
Back in 1862, during the Civil War, a fort out in West Tennessee, Fort Donelson, surrounded by the Union forces, the commander of Fort Donelson sent out a message asking about what would be the terms of peace. And the general, Ulysses S. Grant, said, no terms but unconditional surrender. Unconditional surrender. My friend, listen. If we are at war with God, if we are living our own lives our way, we thank God that there is a peacemaker who has come and he has accomplished a peace treaty through his own blood on the cross. But each one of us can only experience the benefits of that peace if we yield in unconditional surrender to the Lord. God does not negotiate. He does not negotiate. We must come to Him and surrender for the war to be over. Let me put it in the words of a great gospel musician. When he wrote it, he didn't know he was a gospel musician. 1971, John Lennon wrote a song, So This Is Christmas, still played all the time. So this is Christmas. What have we done? Another year over, new one just begun. But then, partway through the song, there's the voices of children that begin to sing in contrast to the melody. What do they sing in their childish voices? War is over. If you want it, war is over now. My friend, no human being can bring peace to this earth except the Prince of Peace. And the war can be over now if you want it. If you want it. Nothing for you to do. The price has been paid. It's all been accomplished. Jesus said it is finished. And if Jesus says it is finished, guess what? It's finished. All is for us to do is to come to the peacemaker and unconditionally surrender and war is over now. Now. Your strife, your battle with the Lord can end this moment. 
If you'll come to Jesus, trusting Him as the Prince of Peace, who made peace treaty for you, and in unconditional surrender, you believe and trust in Him. The Bible says this, having been justified by faith, Declared not guilty on the basis of what? Our works? No. Faith. What do we receive? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He brings peace with God. But something else he brings, I want you to know this morning, is he brings peace from God. He brings peace from God. Do you know that in the presence of God, it's perfect peace? You you recognize that the Holy Trinity never meets in emergency session? God never, ever, ever has said, what are we going to do now? There's an interesting passage in one of David's songs. David said in one of his songs, Psalm 2, the heathen will rage. They will shake their fists at God and say, we will break all these rules of religion. We'll break all these do not do's of God. We will live free. I'll do it my way. You know what the Bible says? He who sits in the heavens laughs. Laughs. As if some wicked ruler or leader or politician or Congress, I won't go further is going to tell God what's going to happen. And God says, oh, I didn't know that was your plan. Oh, okay. (laughs) No. It says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Anyway, he says, you can reject my peacemaker, my son, but I have set him on my holy mountain Mount Zion. And he will rule and reign. He will rule and reign. We receive peace. Peace from God. You see, what a wonderful thing it is when you rest in the loving, sovereign power of your Lord who is in control. What did Jesus say? John 14, verse 27. The night, the last night he spent with his disciples. My peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. I'm not going to give it like the world gives it. Give, take, give, take. No. I'm leaving it with you. It's yours. How do we experience this kind of peace? 
You say, oh, Sam, I kind of expected this. You know, it is Christmas Eve morning. <laughs> and expected to come and hear some religious talk. How do you experience peace? I mean, how we talk about it. I mean, is this real? Is it real? Can it be? Can it be? How do we experience peace, the peace of God? Well, I don't want to go too deeply theological on you here, but bear with me. I'm going to go a little deep, okay? The way you experience the peace of God is hanging out with Jesus. <laughs> I, that's, I'm, I'm sorry I had to go that deep trip there, okay? You hang out with Jesus. Do you know what it says when Jesus chose 12, his 12 disciples? Do you know what it says? It says Jesus chose 12 disciples that they might be with him. And then he would send them out to preach. What's the first thing the Lord wants you to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? What's my work? What's my purpose? What goals do you have for me? Lord, what's the five-year plan? The Lord says, just hang out with me. Be with me. I don't need you to do anything. I've got it covered. But you be with me. Let my, me overflow into your life. And then you'll go for my presence. Doing great and wonderful and powerful things because of what I've given you. We, how do we hang out with Jesus? The Bible says in his word, we find him in his peace. You know, Jesus is throughout this book. And the Bible says, great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. How many times have we been by controlled by wrong emotions and then we read the word of God and everything changed when's the last time that happened for you you know when last happened for me about seven hours ago Christmas Eve coming here I don't know my mind all over the place, lots of things going on. I couldn't quite understand it. So, you know what? I thought, I guess the preacher needs some peace. <laughs> so, you know what I did? I just played that app on my phone. Listen to chapter after chapter, passage here, passage there. 
And you know what happened early this Christmas Eve morning? My heart engaged with what is the meaning of the Prince of Peace, my peace. We all need this. We all need it. But my friend, his word is his voice. And he'll speak peace to your soul. How do you hang out with Jesus? You hang out with him in his word. You hang out with him in prayer. You, you, you spend time with him. And peace comes through that. You know, this season of the year, there's all kinds of recipes that are being shared. Some of you know something about that. Susan received one not too long ago. And it's kind of, well, it's just been a thing in our house. Okay. It was to make friendship cake. Okay. That sounded good. Friendship cake. All right. So, you had to have a starter. And somebody had brought the starter to the church and set it, put it in the refrigerator at the church. And I had to go get it. Do you know how many refrigerators are in this place? <laughs> I'm telling you. I think people thought I'd lost my mind, Pastor. So I found the starter, and I took it home. I said, Susan, here's the starter. What do you do with it? Well, you put it in the refrigerator. Why? Well, you've got to grow it. I thought things growing in your refrigerator, you throw those out. <laughs> Just... No, no you've got to grow it. Okay. And then you, you take it out, and you put it in a glass container... And then you start adding juices to it and fruits to it. And you, you stir it maybe once a day, 31 days. 31 days with a wooden spoon. I, so after about 28 or 9 days, this is over here. And it is like, you know, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble, you know. I, I go over and I, I just take the lid off to smell that. My right eyeball popped out. I'm telling you, I, what in the world? Friendship cake. I, mean, I said, friendship cake? This is hooch. You got hooch going here. We get arrested for this. You can't, you gotta have a, you gotta have a license to make this stuff. <laughs> so, but I tell you, two days ago, she took all that, formed three big cakes, and it came out nice and warm, and I tell you, it was delicious. <laughs> Very special. I had two big slices of it had a sudden urge to go out and sing carols all over the neighborhood. <laughs> had a 
had a terrible headache the next morning, too. <laughs> That's quite a recipe, I'm telling you. Okay, so I'm asking no questions, all right? That's, that's in the Bible. Here's a different kind of recipe. It's a recipe for peace. What's a recipe for peace? Here it is. It's in your Bible. Paul says this is the recipe for peace. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now that's a recipe. Prayer is the ultimate peace talks. It's the ultimate peace talks. God talks to you in his word. You speak to him in prayer. He ministers to you by the Holy Spirit. You are having peace talks with the Prince of Peace. And your heart and your mind will be guarded. How do we experience the Prince of Peace and His peace. We experience it by sharing in His Word and in our words that we share with Him in prayer. But I want to also tell you, sharing in His work. He's the Prince of Peace. He is a peacemaker. And what did the peacemaker say in the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are what? The peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons, the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. I want to ask you this Christmas, will you? Will you be a peacemaker? For some of you here, how many more Christmases must come as you sing about peace on earth, goodwill toward men, but you don't take the steps toward making peace with someone? Will you? Will you go to people who are not at peace? And rather than making it an issue for that great system of truth speaking called Facebook, <laughs> would you go and look in the face of a couple people and say, listen, we need to talk. Blessed are the peacemakers. Last thing I want you to see. I said future. And it won't take long. Jesus expresses, expressed peace in the past. He extends peace to us. 
in the present. But thank God one day Jesus will establish peace. He will establish peace. Prince of Peace, the Hebrew is Sar Shalom. Sar Shalom, the prince who secures the peace. Jesus is not the prince who secures domination. He's not the prince who secures and carries out despotic rule. No, he is the prince who secures the peace. One day, this prince is coming back. He's coming back. He reigns in our hearts now for us who trust him as Savior. His kingdom is not of this world, he told Pontius Pilate. The kingdom of God is within you, he told his disciples. But my friend, the last thing that was said to those disciples on the Mount of Olives just outside of Jerusalem, you men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the heavens? This same Jesus that you have seen taken up into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He's coming back. He's coming back. And what will happen? He will come vanquishing the armies, the enemies of the Antichrist and Satan, ushering in his kingdom of peace. Isaiah saw it. Here's what he saw. Isaiah saw this kingdom. Isaiah 2, verse 1. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem it shall come to pass in the latter days. In the end of the days is the Hebrew. It shall come to pass in the end of the days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all nations shall flow to it and many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk with him in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Lord, the, the law, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes. For many peoples, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. <laughs> o house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. <laughs> That's the kingdom. You go to the United Nations building beside the East River in New York City. You go in the main lobby and you'll see a huge statue from this passage of Scripture of a man beating his sword into a plowshare. Meaning peace has come to the earth 
Friend, I want you to know something. The United Nations will never accomplish that. But the king of the nations will. King of kings, Lord of lords, prince of peace. And of his government and peace, there will be no end. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. As our heads are bowed, dear friend. Is there peace in your heart this morning? It's Sunday morning. Yes, Christmas Eve morning. We've heard about the holy night. We've sung the message of the angels. My question, is there peace in your heart? Dear friend, will you come to the Prince of Peace? Knowing that he has made a peace treaty between God and sinners, will you come to him and unconditionally surrender? Just coming to Jesus. And Jesus said, He that comes to me, I will never turn him away. Come to Christ this Christmas. Don't come to the baby at the manger. Come to the resurrected Lord whose arms are open. Nail prints in those hands. And say, Prince of Peace, I come. Let the war be over. Be my peace. And then, friend, I would ask you this. Will you be a peacemaker? Will you be a peacemaker? This Christmas, will you make peace? Will you be at peace? Will you help others? Will you be an instrument of God's peace? Lord Jesus, all glory, honor, praise to you we offer. You alone are worthy. Thank you that you laid aside the splendor of heaven, came as a humble babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lived a perfect life, yielded that life as a sacrifice on the cross. And Lord, you were wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a tomb. But we thank you, Lord Jesus. You rose victoriously. And I pray, Lord, the victories will come this morning by your power, for your glory, May peace come in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.